Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, good morning. Welcome to the war. Isn't it wonderful? Hey, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the revelation of your truth. We thank you that it sets us free. We thank you, Lord God, that you come to us. You give us your revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the gospel of good news, the gospel of grace, the gospel of your peace and truth and deliverance, liberation from the guilt, the condemnation, the enslavement of the enemy, the enslavement of sin. Father God, the accusations of the accuser. So I pray today, Father God, that those who are broken, uh, confused, 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 disheartened, Father God, twisted and tangled up with religion, would hear today, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you'd open our ears. It's so late. Cause us to hear the revelation of your love, your true love that has so uh, lied to us, the enemy so lied to us and bewitched us. So, Father, today in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake, And because of the gospel that you sent, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, that the scales of religion would drop off of our eyes, that the heart that's been debated and contended for by the enemy would be set free. Father, even as you died on the cross, Lord Jesus, to set us free, that you'd now bring us to freedom. And we thank you, Lord God, for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And obviously many have uh, been sent up against us. So we pray for your promise to be kept and that you deliver your people from all kinds of pits and snares and strongholds and complications in their lives, Lord God, many of which they had nothing to do with. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are the faithful witness. You are the wonderful counsel. Your word is true. Thank you for your word. And as we rightly divide your word, that we'll walk in a new place of love and freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we got a tough topic today, but we've talked about this a lot and before, for sure. Um, And it kind of, the question is, um, can uh, our believers guilty of sin? And what are the ramifications of, you know, embracing that, if you will, doctrine of guilt, condemnation? Um, and what does that bring us to ultimately? What's the fruit of that? So today we're going to be looking at the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of peace, freedom, restoration, healing. Yeah, well, guilt, guilt is a, is a, a big issue. <laughs> there, there's so many, so many of us are motivated by guilt. We are. And, and basically rid of you can define guilt as um, under sentence. The Bible, the word that's used Ooh, for guilt in, in Romans chapter three and verse nine says that all the world may become guilty before God or under sentence or condemned. And then if you look up in the regular dictionary, mm-hmm talks about guilty means deserving of blame or punishment. So the scripture says that That's all have sinned and fall short of the glory under of sentence, God. Under sentence. I like that because, you know, really that's what it's really all about. That's really what your salvation is all about is condemnation versus acquittal. And Jesus Christ died on the cross and he said it's finished. He paid the price in full that was demanded uh, by the law, the universal code of justice, an eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, sin for sin. 
he paid it. So we're not under sentence anymore. Right, right. There's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who are walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit there, according mm-hmm. to Romans chapter eight. Yeah. So the whole issue of salvation, we, we talk about becomes an issue of, of guilt and condemnation. Right, right. What happens is that let's, let's back up a little bit here. Okay. Okay. I'm, and this, the idea if you go back all the way, even to Genesis, uh, where uh, Adam and Eve, right? They sinned. What did they do? They, they were under they, sentence. They, they were guilty. Right. They were guilty. Mm-hmm. They actually did violate a law that God had given. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So what did they do? They recognized. Oh, they saw that they were naked. It was more than just that they didn't have clothes on. Mm-hmm. That they had been stripped. Something had been lost. There was their glory. Probably there, there was a glory. Yeah. There was there was guilt. And they said, well, the first thing we want to do, we wanted to fix it. Fix so, so what did they do? They, they went through the effort. They found some fig leaves, mm-hmm. sewed them together to cover themselves up. So a lot of what happens with guilt is that we want to do something to, to fix, fix it. it. Hide and fix. They, and, and their, that, their remedies were hide and fix. They right. hid from God, and they tried to put the religious fig leaves together to cover up. The, the thinking that it could replace the glory, I think they lost the glory that covered their well, nakedness, and well, they didn't even guilt, know they were naked. Guilt replaced the glory. That's right. That's what happened. And now God wants to bring and, and, back, back the glory. To, right, right. The Lord came to bring this back the glory. wonderful message. Right, it is. But, but it's been so convoluted and hidden by the devil. Because even Paul, can I just say in Romans, I mean Galatians, he's saying, um, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ into a different gospel. And so this different gospel, uh, you know, even back then, Paul was uh, defending the gospel of grace and acquittal and good news. And you notice, and just before we go into the deeper things, I would like to look at what Jesus did and how he responded to sin and situation. He did run into a few sinners in his life, and Lazarus being one of them, and the woman taken in adultery being one of them. Not Lazarus, I mean, mean, what's the guy up in the tree? Zacchaeus, I'm sorry. Zacchaeus. And, you know, he never once said to anyone, Mary Magdalene, we don't have any record of that, the woman in adultery, the woman at the well, no record of him pointing out their guilt, uh, the bad, they made a bad choice, that they were, you know, um, he was just there to love them and to really demonstrate the love of the Father for them. Right. Well, the, the issue is that he came in, you know, he, he came in, it's like, it's like someone at a... a um, we were at a, uh, a festival recently and there's just a, there's a lot of garbage that's just generated there. And, and it's like, you know, people could come around and say, all oh, these people that just throw all this garbage everywhere. Lies. I was talking religious garbage, 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 Mechanic, all demonic, over the place. Witchcraft, da, da, da. They, they, their job is to come in and clean it up. Jesus said, listen, I have come to clean up this mess. I'm not here just to talk about the mess. Yeah. I might yeah, yeah, point yeah. out the mess, but I'm here to clean it up. And, but just even going back again, how much religion is based on what we what we can do oh, to right. fix ourselves right. Inverse, before yeah. whoever we perceive to be God? You go to India, there's millions and millions and millions of so-called God, gods, yeah. small G-O-D-S, mm-hmm. Prescription. people that are gods after their own imagination. Right. And you read about it in Romans chapter 1. We imagine how whatever we, 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 we're built by God and we imagine 
we have a vain imaginations right. about who God is right. and what he is like and how do we please him. And it depends, you know, in, all through the cultures of the world, mm-hmm. it's a matter of guilt. Some people yes. crawl on broken glass yes. uh, up a hill. And some people you actually, in, you've heard of places in the Philippines where people actually get, they nail themselves to the cross or they uh, a cross or they do a penance or they flagellate themselves. You remember like the prophets of Baal? Remember? Right. Yeah. They, 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 they cut themselves with knives of blood with squirting all over trying to get their idea of God or who God was to answer them and help them. And Paul says in verse seven of Galatians one, which is not another gospel, but there is are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And then he goes on to say, but even if we are an angel from heaven comes bringing you any other gospel than the one which we've already brought to you, let him be accursed. He's even putting himself in that category. Um, you know, and then he, he goes on in chapter three to talk about the, using, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Uh, what is the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? He's saying the truth is Jesus Christ had to be crucified. If you go back to the beginning again and the sin, remember the sin that you're talking about produced the shame, the religious covering, the hiding and fixing. And then Cain and Abel were, were thrown into the religious debate when they were offering their sacrifices to God and God required a lamb as a representation of the lamb which was to come, the, sh- the blood that was to be shed, to acquit, to, uh, to uh, render not guilty um, all who were under sin and condemned under sentence. And uh, Abel offered a fruit basket. Well, and, and the fruit basket was the basket re- representing good works, obviously. Works and the good works hands. did not work. That's right. The good works did not work. And so what happened is that you remember, okay, what? Uh, Adam and Eve did. They sewed together uh, fig leaves for a covering. Uh, together, made themselves coverings, and they were there was fear that came in. Right, instead of having communion right, fear. with God yeah, yeah. and peace with God, they heard the sound of Genesis three eight. They heard the sound of the Lord God working in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? Hid themselves from the presence mm-hmm. of the Lord God among the trees the garden this is a total picture a new kind of response to god because of their guilt and then what they did you know the mm-hmm. spigleys and then verse 21 of genesis 3 mm-hmm. also adam and his wife uh also for adam and his wife the lord god made tunics of skin and clothed them so it was the remedy was not what they could provide for themselves, but what for what God provided for them. And that's who we have in Jesus Christ. It's God's remedy uh, for sin and the guilt and the shame that, and the fear that's attendant to the sin. And this is crazy because this whole gospel of grace and good news has been tipped on its head by Satan because ultimately, if you cannot receive God's grace, you will live in the guilt and if you live in the guilt, you'll always uh, attribute, you know, that'll be, you don't receive the forgiveness of God, the love of God. Then the relationship with God is never consummated in your life and your, in your soul. And you just walk in a kind of a, a half-hearted hands, uh, distance, hands off kind of relationship with him. If you look at, at Romans nine three nine, it says all have been previously charged under sin. And I think that's the verse you actually referred to. Right. Um, that there's none righteous, no, not one. All have entered into that sinful 
disposition or behavior, but it's talking about behavior. Uh, it's not talking about being. So, uh, you know, that he says that every mouth, verse 19, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may be found a- accountable, accountable or, or under sentence. We have to recognize that we were under the sentence of sin and Satan wanted to keep us there. That's why he wanted to keep the law active. Even after Jesus died, he said, the law is now been fulfilled. And Satan still keeps the law very active in the church, in the gospels, in the mixed gospel of law and grace that most people receive. So the, the effects of that original sin were what? They were enslavement, being lost, enslaved, held captive. In Under need, a curse. Yes, yes. Uh, in, need of, in need of a savior. Obviously, that was God's, he addressed that immediately when he addressed the serpent. Um, they needed redemption. They need to be bought back. They, Satan had, had got them. There, um, but there was none who was really able or, or justified or, or, or without sin so that they could actually pay the penalty because all the human race was already under sin. So when Jesus came, he had to be uh, human because he had to be of the human race, but he couldn't be human in that he'd sin. So he had to be sinless to be able to be free to actually lay down his life. So none of us were able to actually save ourselves. So he had to come as the savior. And, and it, it's not a matter of good deeds because if that would have been the case, we could have had the offerings and the fruit baskets of Cain continuing. This is what people do though, who don't have the true gospel. They're constantly bringing their little, their little meals, their little sacrifices, sacrifices. their, their little uh, ob- oblations or whatever they go to their God, to their, their, their idol, whatever it is. But it's that all that it's all fear, it's all penance, it's all guilt. And so, but the problem is we don't realize that even though we have sinned and we're caught up under that original sin, we're still not seen as, as evil in God's eyes. God didn't make us depraved. We're his lost children. We're kidnapped. We're held hostage to us, to God. We're very precious and he wants to come after us. We're still precious, longed for, and he, as a father, pities his children. So the Lord brought forth the salvation he did through his son. But the problem is, Jerry, that most people reject the true gospel of salvation based on the blood, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They base it on their own good works or on somebody else's, you know, uh, denominational rendition of the gospel. Right, right. So the, the problem gets to be, it's like, okay, we know that the Bible says, uh, Romans 5, 1, that, uh, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just stop there for a moment. We're justified by faith. That means we're put into right standing with God, right relationship with God, because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. Mm-hmm. The penalty for sin has been paid. Now listen, sin is very serious. We we cannot minimize sin, and sin does require a sacrifice. It requires that a penalty be paid, a sacrifice be offered. But but what happens is that we attempt to do that ourselves. Well, yeah, the other problem with sin is that there's that original sin and the sin nature, the sin state, just being thrown into the snake pit. But there's also the fact that after we sin, we, after we, we're saved, we continue to sin as well. And so that keeps resurrecting the, the feeling of guilt. 
that's the whole thing. That's the kicker right there. Because okay, I say I, I know mentally I am justified by faith. I am I am made right in God's sight is a good way of saying mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. because of what Jesus Christ has done. So we're not saved by our own goodness. We're fa- we're saved by faith right. in the righteousness uh, in, in the Son of God. We're we're saved by grace through faith in Him. Mm-hmm. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 yes. talks about that. But, we but at the same time, there's that presence of sin within us right. that is the well, kicker. <clears throat> That's the hook that keeps us in, well, in, in guilt, yeah. that keeps us striving, that keeps us uh, frustrated and fearful. Well, it's like, okay, the, mere, the, the, the law, the law. Is was given the Ten Commandments, the restrictions, the rituals, the performances, the feast days. Everything was given in the desert, in the, in the wilderness of sin, actually, um, to protect the people, identify the people, um, so that they could be protected by God uh, from Satan's accusations. But when Jesus came, He fulfilled, completed the law. But the the law is like a mirror, um, and it and and yet and it's used to look at you know when you look at your face in the mirror. It identifies spots, flaws, places you need to fix. So the, the, the law is like a mirror that convicts us of sin or like the spots on our soul. But the mirror does not wash your soul from sin or wash your face. And as the Bible says, Romans 3.23, all have sinned. All have been tricked and deceived into doing things that have caused them or us to fall short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of the glory of God, just like Adam and Eve did. They lost their glory and they were vulnerable and naked and, and very uh, shameful, shamed. Um, but the, the glory of our original nature is obscured. And instead um, we're made to believe that, and we, that we have a sinful human nature. We're living in the snake pit where the Bible, Romans, Paul talks about this second condition you know, as the body of death operating software, actually the body of death, he calls it body of sin, body of death, Romans six and seven that operates in our souls. That's why he says, don't use your soul or the flesh. He calls it the flesh. Don't use your flesh. There's no condemnation of those who don't use their flesh, but they're walking the spirit. But to, so this is where we get the idea of sinful human nature, uh, which is really our second nature, not our first nature. It's not our divine original made in the image of God to recognize truth and love truth and love God nature. It is the second I'm bad and no good and I did something wrong nature. It's the carnal man, the old man. So Romans 6, 6 says um, through the evidence of our sinful human nature, as we describe as we're, we're describing the vulnerabilities, the predispositions to sin, that is all based on behavior, based on what you do, based on what you fail to do, based on how you feel based on what other people say about you, not based on what God says about you. Um, so we begin to, to talk about this sinful human nature, although it is not term, a term written in the scriptures. Um, you know, it, it, as a matter of fact, in Romans 6, Paul very makes it very clear. Those who have been crucified with him should no longer live as slaves to sin, are no longer slaves to sin. Christ in his death, we have been freed from sin and death. Now, obviously, this is not, what we really experience every day in our, on the planet. We're still living in sin, tempted to sin, commit sin. We still die. Um, but from God's perspective, we are free from the power of both. Now, are we going to live in what God says and how God sees things or how we see things? Many of us actually live 
uh, in, a, in a determining truth based on our feelings and our thoughts and our sinful, uh, carnal, soulish, pre, pre-programmed by the devil nature. And from that, we just determine I'm guilty and I'm bad. So the, the God of this world has worked it out so that we are very obscured from the revelation of God's love and truth. That's really a good way of putting it, Marjorie, obscured from the revelation of God's love and truth. Because our, we find in our experience that, that we, we, we tend to sin. We, we tend to go down to the lowest common denominator. But the thing is, too, there's, there's a new life within us, okay? The, the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. So there is a new law operating a spirit of life in Jesus Christ. But there's also the law of death operating in that Satan is using our gift of a free will to seduce us and tempt us into choosing to believe a lie. So really, then he can accuse you of making a bad choice. And mm-hmm. notice Jesus never said that to any of these guys. Like I already said, you made a bad choice. Therefore you deserve this. You had this coming. Um, so the thing is that Satan is trying to get us to believe the lie again and again by inducing us, con- uh, tempting us, deceiving us into sinning. And he's very, very clever at what he does. And then we end up doing what we hate, uh, doing what we don't want to do, trying to quit what we can't stop, like the person who's addicted to something, which we all are addicted to something. And or we try to quit sinning or whatever we try to do. And the, the more you try to do something like that, the more you fail. And so you're always working behind, you're working behind uh, one step behind where you need to be trying to get somewhere that technically by the grace and power and declaration of God, you already, you already are. You're already are. there. Yeah. Trying to get into a room that you're already in. Yes, exactly. And, and uh, the thing is, what happens is that though sin is very serious and very real, uh, what happens is so many of us, even as believers, we live uh, more in consciousness of our sin than in consciousness of the yes, sun yes. because we we live in this world where we it's, it's the snake pit it is as exactly, you describe. exactly it's a snake pit of demonic well, temptations false values lies. families but you know what jerry we were never we never asked to be born we never asked to be we're placed. born right into this we're born right into it god knew that so god is the one who's responsible to have to set up the safety net or the rock Christ Jesus, a solid place in the pit, in the pit where we can stand that whoever shall call upon him will be saved. This is really the salvation thing is really orchestrated by the Lord God. But there's one caveat to it, and that is that you have to receive it. You have to accept his provision, not your provision for your sins, his provision. That's why Cain's offering was not accepted and his, his eyes were cast down. Um, so the enemy wants to get he, he is totally into us taking care of our own sins. The devil promotes so many, like you said, religions and behaviors and prescriptions to try to deal with sin because sin makes him a lot of money. I mean, just like sickness and unhappiness, pain are, create a great market for, for making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the, the spiritual unhealthiness, the, the spiritual sickness of the soul, which is guilt, creates a huge uh, market for the devil's counterfeit gospels. Exactly. So, so there's a high-powered um, 
fig leaf um, <sighs> mall that we uh, we call <clears throat> a fig leaf a fig leaf yeah, mall. Yeah, did you say a fig leaf mall? But, but where, where we buy our where, salvation. Where, okay, <clears throat> we have churches. Oh yeah, all kinds of churches, and and and, and not just churches. But churches that say, okay, we will help you deliver you from guilt. We will offer you rules. We will offer you rituals. That are guaranteed, but not really guaranteed. Yeah. But, and then the same thing is that you can do all the rules in some uh, situations. You can follow all the rules as much as you humanly can to the letter and still not know if you're saved. But there's, yeah, that's that's scary. And then, yeah. And then the other part is as well, you can just kind of do whatever you want to do. And it doesn't really matter that much. God is so loving and so gracious that he will include you no matter what you believe and who you are. And there's a third category. That's category one uh, and two. You know, you can abuse grace. The other one is that you're never good enough no matter what you do, but you can do everything you want to do. And the third group is the Christians who are in, caught in the middle of the road. Trying. They're the ones who are not really convinced that they are okay. Even because they constantly are, the devil's constantly accusing them, the accuser of the brethren, constantly pointing out the sin that he actually set them up to, to do. Listen, how many, how many believers actually spend most of their time li- listening to Satan rather really? than listening to the oh, Spirit totally. of God? But they don't think it's Satan. They, don't they think, think it's, it's themselves. Oh, it's my thoughts. It's me. Mm-hmm. It's my thoughts yeah. and all that sort of thing. And but, you can know this in your head. Right. You can even understand what we're talking to you about. It makes sense to you. But until there's a conversion and you really, it's really a switching over of you must die even to the idea of you redeeming yourself by being good. You must die to all like Peter had to do after he denied Jesus and say, I got nothing. I got nothing. God have mercy upon me. But here, let's look for a minute at, you know, our believers guilty of sin. Well, that's a very loaded question. As a matter of fact, that's, a, that's such a loaded question that it, it, you can't, it's like those questions they give you answer yes or no. But there's a whole bunch of stuff behind it that, right. that needs to be told, but you can only answer yes or no. So at that point, I'd probably say nothing. But anyway, the guilt, are, the, what happens is what are the fruits of believing and pursuing a gospel of, of law and its religious rituals or uh, prescriptions? For good works as a means of salvation. Jesus said, by the fruits you shall know them. So here, let's look at the first group. Those who that, you know, don't, cannot for sure know that they're saved, have, have not really heard the message clearly enough to know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you pray, you know, if you ask whosoever believes that Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, confess that with your mouth, believe it in your heart, will be saved. They've never heard a clear message of that because they are still under the counsel of um, making... Works. Works, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so, what is the fruit? The fruit, uh, well, it could be anxiety, both physical and spiritual. I, I see there's a lot of people who go to church a lot, and they're what I would call Christian neurotics. They're just they have neurosis. They're ang- anxious. They're never it's and and that can be in your physical man. It can be manifest in your physical body. Uh, anxieties and that promotes um, things like uh, reactions in the body, over secretions of histamines. Um, you can never settle down, never be at peace. There's just always a drivenness uh, to the point where you then get fatigued and exhausted. Then you go into another syndrome of, of, of spiritual fatigue and uh, fibromyalgia or whatever. There's the fruit of confusion. 
about did I get it right? Am I doing it right? Am I? And they've got to be right to be right, and that's that's wrong. You you don't be right to be right. You be righteous, and your righteousness comes from Jesus Christ. And if you already have your righteousness in Jesus Christ, you don't have to promote your being right or your righteousness. You can love people instead. And then we have the fruit of guilt, which creates frustration and anger, alienation in a relationship with God. Um, uh, there's a saying from God, um, who we come to understand is um, angry, upset, maybe bipolar, moody, you know, and so fickle. So we have to either try to manipulate him to persuade him uh, to let us in, uh, or we try to avoid him and we dislike him. So these are kind of the fruits of uh, following that mixed gospel. Um, so so here's, a, here's a kind of interesting thing. We'll call it the Hegelian dialect, but here's how it works. So sin and guilt, if, if we don't receive the remedy for, for, for sin and guilt through the blood of Jesus, so sin and guilt, guilt for sin, create a willingness and a ready population for spiritual exploitation. Mm-hmm. You called it the fig leaf mall. Everybody's shopping at the fig leaf mall mm-hmm. in the religious context. The spiritual exploitation is just like sickness and the forces that promote it to create a population, right? For physical plunder, there are forces um, that rely on selling you remedies, um, taking from you your resources, your finances, your peace, whatever, uh, to buy their remedies um, that they, as Paul used that word in one place too, they peddle their gospels to as a remedy for your current uh, dis position or difficulty or sin or um and it's really like a demonic trap and so what a hegelian dialect is where the enemy sets up a problem and gets you all agreeing that there is a problem and then he gives you a solution to the problem and in that you become a target group to select that solution and that will further strip you of freedom dignity and wealth um so people are bullied and beaten and, and, and pushed by fear into surrendering all that they have to, to obtain a solution to a problem they believe they have. The, 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 prob, the first pro step in this process is in the Hegelian dialect is to get the people to believe there's a problem. So you create the animosity, the division, the strife, the, the, the civil war. You create, you set up sides, you instigate, agitate, riot in the natural mm-hmm. or in the spiritual and then people say, oh, 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 there's a problem here. People come in with marriage problems. Your problem is you think you have a problem. You're convinced you have a problem. You see all the evidences of problem. And the thing is you've, you're bought you're body into the idea that now I need to fix it. So Satan has got the second step, the solution to the problem. Okay, it's good works. It's pay indulgences. It's, it's do penance. It's, you know, whatever it is that will take us ultimately Join away from this uh, self-help group. And a self-examination is another one, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, the health, um, like I said, you know, being healthy and content does not make money, uh, does not, you know, the enemy has some have a market. Sickness, depression, guilt offer a strong incentive or motivation for people to get better and to and they'll give anything. They'll give their bank accounts. They'll give uh, to get rid of sin or be free of sin, be free of sickness. They'll give anything or they'll you know, submit to anything, or they'll just plain just give up. 
you know, it, it's like uh, or I make was, up their own re- was, religious re- was, religious concoctions. Right, right. And so, what what happens is I, I was at a place uh, recently, a festival where this one uh, band leader was testifying about how uh, talking about her sister that was in the audience, how that sister had helped her pray her out of his, as she put it, out of a harsh religious environment. Okay, a harsh Christian environment. Okay, so, but now it's obvious this girl was was elsewhere. Okay, so some people figure, you know what, I can't do this. I I can't do this. I can't be this good. I I just, I'm so frustrated. I've gone to the altar how many times? Mm -hmm. I've been in this Bible study how many times? I've been to treatment how many times? Uh, Even a Christian treatment center how many times? And I'm still got all this going on. You know, I Surrender. just can't do this. Something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Satan hits mm-hmm. hit, hit uh, heaps on the combination. Mm-hmm. Combination. Con- well, it is, a combi- it is a combination, like in boxing, a combination of punches. But then heaps on the con- condemnation mm-hmm. and said, forget it. So if I can't, and one like one girl said years ago, I, 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 got, I couldn't be good at being good, so I decided to be bad at being good at being bad. Yes, so the devil's promotion of the guilt and the uncomfortable feelings, and we live, most of us live our lives by our feelings constantly, which is a bad idea. Anyway, because you're supposed to walk in the spirit. The compounding of the negative emotional feelings, the self-examination, the self-help, you know, continually pursuing the knowledge of this or that to improve yourself. Self-improvement is not recommended in the Bible, by the way. Um, Negative effects of the snake pit that we hate. Why do we hate it? Because we're made by God to hate it. Because you don't like being slammed in unholy and unrighteous, and you don't like injustice. We're surrounded by all of this, and we're vulnerable on top of it. Um, you know, and there's pressure everywhere at, to promote. And, and Satan creates this, intensifies this pressure to promote his demonic gospel substitutes um, with their recommended remedies for sin. So he sets up, he plays on our alienation, estrangement, negative feelings, sad, separation, anxiety, guilt, sin, the things we hate. He plays on that to promote his remedies for sin. The focus of the true gospel is on the Son of God. The focus of the central focus of the counterfeit gospel, the devil's gospel, is the sin of man. So the Son of God versus the sin of man. And this is exactly what it boils down to. And you have to stop and talk. It's done. You can't live this with even head knowledge, even us talking to you about this. You say, oh, yeah, 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 I get that. Your spirit is getting it. Now let it transfer to the rest of your being. Let it transfer to your soul and your body. Become at peace with yourself. You know, to, to all these religious remedies for the removal of sin are, you know, they're, they're, they're pointless and they don't work. All have sinned. Yes, glory of God. So Satan is trying to get, use guilt to um, remedy the, lot, the absence of glory. Uh, you know, th- God does not use threats. Satan uses threats, alterations. He, he makes the gospel of love freely given, Jesus, the gospel of God, uh, a, a farce. But it is truly the gospel of love is freely given. Jesus dying in my place, shedding all of his blood, necessary to pay the debt of sin laid against me on my account in full. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel that, that Satan does not want you to know. But people don't put the devil or the idea of spiritual warfare or contesting or debating 
into their idea of life at all. They're just so naive. Um, the, the fruit of the gospel, true gospel, is love laid down its life. The blood was poured out to bring um, us back to full peace, acquittal, redemption. And this is to promote love and gratitude on behalf of those who received it or understand it. So the, the finished gospel gives the invitation to receive. Now, a lot of us have received that invitation. We understand it enough to acknowledge Jesus and the cross. We sort of get that because our spirit gets it. Um, and yet we don't really let go of the other. So we're trying to, you know, live in a, a, a two-paradigm world where you've got, you know, you pay for your own sins, the sin of man, or is it the, the son of God? It's the idea. We, we, we believe, at least in our, in, our, in our minds, we're saved by grace through faith. But then we work it out through law, through right, our works. Right. No, it's it's important there that there are there are to be good works, okay? But there, there those are the results of our faith in Jesus, the results of the Spirit working through us. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So it's a difference. Sometimes it's a fine right. line between doing what I need to do religiously, even, even reading the Bible, even prayer, yeah. even, and even sharing Christ as, as witnesses, you know, there's a fine line. Am I doing this to earn God's favor? Am I doing this? Because if I, if I don't share, yeah. Is it share, share gospel with somebody, I'm going to feel guilty about it. If I don't read my yeah. Bible yeah. at least yeah. so much yeah. a day, yeah. or I don't pray, I'm going to feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So it's, we are not to be caught in this trap. Mm-hmm. of living our lives simply to ward off guilt. Right, exactly. The religions of the world. And Satan knows how hungry we are for God. So he baits the hook that of, of what we're, with what we're hungry for. And so the religions of this world, and let's just put the Christians, we'll just leave the other ones out for a minute. The religions of Christianity um, demand daily quota of more, do more, read the Bible more, you know, witness more, never enough, something's still missing. We're driven and to seek, pursue something more of what never, it's never enough. Getting closer to God. That's another one. Right. Yeah. It's just like when we're saying, when we're saying that, it's just like, well, God, we know by definition, he's everywhere present. I mean, for a believer, he dwells within our hearts. Uh, uh, How, how, how could we get any closer than that? But what we mean is, what we're meaning when we say that is that we're we're longing for more of an intimacy with a him, revelation, a, of more that. of a revelation of of him. Right. Because so, if you already know that you're close to God and he's got this and he's with you, it takes away the fear. If you're still operating out of fear and anxiety, you're still operating out of a half truth at best. So in the really the greater the revelation, the clearer the revelation mm-hmm. of the truth of the gospel, the simpler it is, the simpler it is. The, the more, more peace, peace there yeah. is, the more joy there is, the more liberty there is. He says he's called us to liberty. He's called us to freedom, not to do whatever, you know, whatever we want to do. And it's like, well, you don't want to. It, after yeah, why it, do you it, want to? You like, don't want to sin. It's like if you love really what it is, is if, if you're loving the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and your neighbor is yourself. You know, if you're if you're loving him like that you can do whatever you want because what your desire your desire 
and his desire are the same. Are the are the same. same They're thing. in parallel. It's not like you're doing whatever you want. You're, you're doing not, what you're finally built to do. Not recklessly. Mm-hmm. Not doing that. Oh, you know, but God, what God does is he changes your, your desires. Mm-hmm. The desires of your heart. You know, we get into sin because we have a desire. More. That's something maybe that's good, but it's done in an illegitimate way. And that's what we call sin. But we desire. Well, sin is believing the lie. And well, the, the lie is. says, if I do it this way, I'll get something I think I right, need. Right, right. And, and believing that I need something. I don't need anything. I'm satisfied. God finished it, satisfied, fulfilled me. Now he's completing the work he's begun in by revealing yeah. it to us. Right. And Satan twists our desires for God into, in, into religious form. And, and, and that desire is good and holy and right. And like a lot of people get into trouble. We get, into, we get into big trouble because we just want to know God. That's exactly correct. That's exactly <laughs> what happened with Eve, you, I yeah. tell you. Well, in religion, it promotes, you know, the continuation of itself through the exploitation of those things that we seek to absolve ourselves from our sins over and over again. And those things never work. We have the penance. We have the sacraments. We have the daily duties. Um, and yes, as believers, we do sin. But the sin begins with believing a lie. All sin mm-hmm. is the same. It, it starts with believing a lie. The lie is I'm missing something. I need something right. more. I, I'm not close enough to God. Um, you know, God's mad at me. That's another lie that God is mad at us. He's not mad at you. He's mad. He's, he's angry with the wicked every day. But he's not angry with us, even though we mess up. Just like he loves, you can love your kids and still have to discipline them. And disciplining doesn't mean you don't love them. As a matter of fact, it does mean you love them. So, you know, we are going to continue to sin. That means you're going to continue to be lied to, deceived, and tricked after you're saved. But if your salvation is not based on your goodness and your good works, then loss of salvation isn't determined by lack of goodness and good works. It's not determined by sin. But God has a remedy for sin that the devil doesn't want you to have access to know god says he didn't say first john says when he's written to believers is when you sin not if you sin but when you get tricked when you fall for a lie when you get hooked into an agreement with a lie here's what you do you confess it you say to god you confess to god yeah you're right god i got tricked that was wrong i believed a lie i took things matters into my own hands i failed to remember that you'd finished the work on calvary uh, it's not up to me. I sinned. I cancel out that agreement. I confess that sin and I repent. I change my mind. I turn around. I go back to resting in you. Let me just read these verses in First John that you're just talking about and expanding mm-hmm. on a couple more of those. First John 1, 7 through chapter 2, verse uh, 2. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins... We have an advocate with the Father, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the righteous. Very so good. he's like our attorney, right? He's a, it's very clear here. And verse, and verse 2, 
and he himself is the propitiation. In other words, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, mm-hmm. not for uh, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So the so provision is well. there for everybody mm-hmm. to live in this particular right. uh, this this life that he's called us to. It's interesting in First John, as you're reading that, it says it goes back to the idea of being built by God to resonate with the truth, to know the truth, and so the pursuit of truth. Like you said, the pursuit of, of God, the pursuit of truth, wanting to know God more, brings us, actually, if we pursue God and the truth, the truth will draw us to the light. And Jesus Christ is the true light. Now, there's many fake lights and false angels of light out there, but the pursuit of God's truth brings us to a desire for the truth and the light. We are built by God to know the truth and to recognize it when we walk in the Spirit. If you're not walking in the Spirit, though... You're built by God to want the truth. You'll be built by God. That, that motivation will be there. But if you're not walking the spirit and you use what your soul offers you as a solution, which is obviously in cahoots with the devil, you're going to get a false light. You're going to get a false gospel. Uh, and you'll be exploited. And your vulnerabilities, um, Satan will use those to separate you even, even further from God. Um, but the, So the gospel of, of God brings peace. But Paul says, as we talked about already in Galatians, who has bewitched you? This is exactly, exactly bewitching, seducing, deceiving, treachery. This is exactly what's going on in the world today. You can see it so massively in the world, but it's so much prevalent as well in the churches. You have to have your own relationship with God. It cannot be based on a formula or prescription or a schedule or a five-year plan or going through certain Bible studies or being part of a, or a member of a certain church that is nothing, absolutely nothing to do with anything Jesus is going to say to those people when they say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many mighty works in your name? Weren't we members of the first Baptist or the first Catholic or the this or the that? He's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what's that? that wasn't what I was saying. That wasn't what was in my word. So um, this is what's happening, though. We keep trying to bring those fruit baskets versus the Lamb of God. Um, and we, get, we really get invested in our fruit baskets in our wrong gospels and their we get really invested in the deprivation or depravity of man. We get really invested in sin. And you know, God said to me, my children uh, are more eager to hold on to their guilt than to receive my grace. The guilt that we say it's so built into our soul that I'm sinning. I'm guilty. I'm bad. But it's it, and so we hold on to that, and when you're holding on to that, you cannot release it to receive the peace, the revelation, the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy. Um, so what happens when we hold on to this religious gospel? Well, Paul talks about that in Romans 11. He says there's three or four things. But you know, we become spiritually blind. Our hearts become hardened. God is forced to put a spirit of stupor on us. Um, what happens when you're in this place of religious blindness and self-righteousness, a pride and a judgmentalism come forth. I have to be right. Pride comes, oh, oh, it comes in with fear. Debate and defensive. We become debateful, debating the, and the defensive of the word of God. Uh, Jesus never debate, or he did debate or stand his ground against the religious Pharisees of the day, but he, he really didn't debate them per se i mean they were finding fault with him uh you know is it is it good to do is it right to do good on the sabbath so they had pushed the rules to the place where it wasn't even okay 
to do good on the Sabbath. So the law preceded the, the need of the person. So, you know, but he was saying, but you guys pull the sheep out of the pit on the Sabbath or water your donkey. He says, this is how ridiculous this has gotten, that you can't even do good on the Sabbath without breaking the law. That's what the law will do to you. It tangles you to the point where it cuts you and wrecks you. But he didn't really debate with them. They set up the debates. He basically ended up calling them um, a brood of vipers. He ended up, this is Jesus talking. You know, he wasn't going to say, he was just, you're of your father, the devil. They were promoting the wrong, they were his arch enemies on earth. It wasn't the Romans. The Romans really didn't even want to kill him. Pilate had a real hard time just coming to that conclusion. It was the religious people whose positions they were dug in, invested in their wrong gospel. And, you know, the funniest thing is they had started out being the protectors and the promoters of the law, which God had given. Yeah. Yeah, but were, it had gotten so perverted. Right, they were they were the ones who wanted to strict because there was there was they were surrounded by surrounded by the Greek pagan cultures. They were surrounded by the Roman pagan cultures, and they were there to keep intact the law of God to preserve the well, law yeah. to preserve until the nation the promise, of, of Israel until, until the, the promise, promise came. came. But when the promise came, the promise was right in mm-hmm. front of them. They yeah. missed it. Yeah. They had gotten so tangled up in their law keeping in their religion that they totally missed mm-hmm. the Messiah right. and they called for his crucifixion. So really their gospel is all about, I have to do something to be something. That's me, the world's philosophy. Right, right. They have to now it's interesting. The apostle Paul, okay. In all his letters that we read in the new Testament, the epistles, the letters, he starts out, he has the same greeting mm-hmm. basically through the whole thing. Yep. He starts out, what does he say? And I just was looking through this. Every epistle, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he adds, when he's writing to Timothy, he's saying grace, mercy, and peace Mm -hmm. from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. But this is not the image and picture of God that Satan wants us to have, that God's got a grace, mercy, peace. He wants us to believe God's mad ticked off, you broke the law, you're guilty, 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 and you're in trouble, and you deserve to be punished. Guilt says you deserve to be punished, which actually opens the door to pain, and it opens the door to sickness and poverty. So, you know, for a believer to live under guilt and not grace is actually the greatest of all sins, because if you sin, confess your sin. Otherwise, you're actually rejecting the revelation and the relationship with God. So, guilt becomes the motivator to continue to extract service and ritual participation in religion and obscure the concept of relationship with God. And that's what Satan's all about, obscuring that divine relationship. That divine remedy for sin is the love of God. Um, yes. You know, do, do we deny our sin? Is that what we do? No. Do we deny guilt for sin? No. But we recognize that when we were tricked, and he said, well, just you can't blame it on the devil. The devil didn't make you do it. Yeah, he didn't make me do it, but he sure set me up. So there'd be pretty much no other option but for me to go ahead and do it. So guilt is an admission of doing something wrong. Yes, we sinned. We believed the lie. So confess the lie. Confess the sin which came out of the lie. Um, That you made a stupid, bad, dumb choice based on what you thought was good information at the moment, at the time. And you were also very vulnerable under pressure. Under pressure, you had to make a quick decision 
you, your body was hurting, you're starving, you need love, you're, you're uncomfortable, your feelings are going crazy, and you make a decision then based on what's in front of you, the solution. And if you take the solutions of Satan, you pay, you pay for them. You, you pay, if you use the devil's energy, you pay his light bill, him the light bill. And so, go ahead. And one of the devices of the enemy, too, is he tempts you into something. Oh, this is good. You want this. You know you want this. Yeah. And then, and then you go ahead and you take the bait of Satan, and you go ahead and sin. You follow his counsel. And what, then what does he do? He condemns you for it. Right. He's, so he no, wants, this is what you want. This is going to be yeah. good. He'll go for it. Go for it. Say prove. And then he comes back. Look what you did. Look yes, what you yes, did. yes, 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 you, yes. You know, so that's So he takes he all this information, evidence of our sin, to the court of heaven to plead, plead his case against us as the accuser of the brethren. So he says, and he, he pleads his case against you in the court of heaven. And then God, the father, the judge, has to make a decision but the devil has got the ace in the hole because he says, well, God, <laughs> too bad what you say. They still believe that they're guilty. They're not listening to you. They're not believing that there was a remedy for their sin. They're not believing you've forgiven them. They haven't forgiven themselves. So they're still agreeing with me that they are guilty and deserve to be punished. So if you don't let get go of the guilt, you will not be absolved by the grace of God. You have to. What is this weird, strange, devious, uh, what is the word? masochistic benefit of holding on to guilt. Seriously. How does that promote the goodness, the grace and the kingdom of God? You know, um, yes, I did something wrong. I believed a lie. Confess it. We're not inherently evil as the devil would want us to believe. He desires that we believe that, that we cannot receive the, the love of God. He wants us to cast off forgiveness as the remedy and work as a, as one who's enslaved. This is this is the whole point of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to bring us into relationship. So the devil wants to wreck that by cutting us off from God through guilt. Yeah, exactly. What 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 the enemy is wanting to do is basically uh, we he he paints the picture of God this way. Okay, there's a a God, there's a harsh God. And we are guilty, and he is making impossible demands on us that we can never fulfill. Yeah. And we're just in our guilt. In, he's Striving. always bugging us, mm-hmm. <laughs> and our guilt just keeps Drives piling us. up, yeah. piling up, piling up, till it leads us into you know some horrible bondage of religion, or it leads us to just say, forget it. I'm just going to go and just turn loose and... and uh, sin it up and, and uh, just give up on, yeah. on our idea of God. Yeah. I've seen so many like that. So here's that, the fruit. They've given up on their, their perverse. They've had this perverse idea mm-hmm. of God that Satan's put in their minds. And they say, I don't want that. And I agree with him. Yeah. I wouldn't want that either. But then who is going to show them the, who is going to properly represent one who knows the truth, the Lord Jesus yes. Christ to them. One who actually knows who he himself is one forgiven from uh, and, and relieved from sin and guilt. So here's a couple of ways. All of this, you got to apply it to yourself. So here are the fruits of believing the wrong gospel. Check this out. If you've got some of this stuff going on, this means you're still hooked into believing the wrong gospel. All right. Uh, prone to believe the worst about yourself. Regret and failure to feel the satisfaction, feelings of failure and dissatisfaction. Failure to feel accomplishment. Never feeling we're good enough. So we regret, failure, 
never feeling we're good enough, always anxious, striving for perfection, the perfectionist, the acceptance of others, new and better accomplishments, awards, public acknowledgments, always focusing on your sin, your shortcomings, little time spent knowing the love and forgiveness and tender mercy of God and his compassion for you, exhaustion, depression, striving to solve the irresolvable conflicts of life, fear and control, or else resignation and defeat, not strong enough to weather the demonic assaults against your soul by the accuser of the brethren. You feel fruitless, unforgiven, no joy, no hope, only a fearful looking to the day of judgment, reconciliation of the books of your life, and fear of falling short. For many of us who are saved but still feel defeated and alienated, the, the switch is over. You know, it, it's time the we need it's time to embrace truly and only the a gospel of good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, to get rid of that second counterfeit look-alike, striving-driven, fear-promoting gospel um, that has been so effectively used by the devil to stop you from uh, moving in the kingdom of God. You know, if Satan cannot keep us from getting saved, he's going to mix us up, give us a mixed gospel of works and love. And Paul distinctly tells us that those two cancel each other out. So if you're frustrated, feeling like you're going nowhere, it's because these two works and the, the works come out of the love relationship and they're now called fruit instead of works. Okay. Um, so th- this is the bottom line. See, the law, the law of God, if you focus on it all the time, it magnifies sin. Mm-hmm. Right. All you're, all you're doing is focusing on sin, mm-hmm. sin, sin. It gets mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. And God has called us not to be under sin. Yeah. The world is, we, we on our own, we're all under sin. But for the believers, we are not to be living under this constant cloud of, mm-hmm. of sin, mm-hmm. guilt, and condemnation. Right, right. But we are. But that's where the devil wants to keep you because then you're ineffective. So, right, yeah. But when you, when you have the love and the joy of Jesus Christ and the peace, recognizing that not you're not going to just look at your, your feelings and your thoughts about yourself that the enemy has mm-hmm. just put in there. But when you're looking at, Focusing on Jesus Christ, His goodness, His greatness, His yeah, yeah. power, but His you know, love, His peace. You know what? Even that, focusing on the love of Jesus. How many of us can focus for any length of time on Not any really. particular? So that's where the Holy Spirit has been sent to lead us in all truth. Exactly. And he is the one who's going to pull you back, keep you on track. But you know what? So the biggest question, uh, the most impactful question for the believer, is: Are we going to fall for the temptation? A focusing on our own guilt and being tricked into trying, trying to make up for bad choices? Or are we going to be persuaded that the love and forgiveness of God is true and genuine, even to the very uh, removing of our sins? You know, because not receiving the forgiveness of God for yourself and for your sin is the ultimate rejection of God and his love for you. So if you cannot forgive yourself, if you hold on to the judgment Satan has put against you, the guilt, the condemnation, not receiving God's love for you, you've ultimately rejected God's love for you. You've rejected his provision through his son, his salvation, his blood sacrifice. You've rejected every... So, not saying you won't get into heaven, but, but what a miserable, unproductive life. And Satan won all your time. 
He won all your energy, all of your giftings, all of your anointings, because you were hung up on a lie. It's time. Guilt, you know, persuades us to believe the lie that God is mad at us. We're in trouble. We got to do something. This is, this is Satan's ultimate goal for the real believer is to separate us from the gift of God, the love of God, the anointing of God, from comprehending his love, living in it, being energized by it. Because without a revelation, the people perish. Without the revelation of God's love and forgiveness, we can do nothing, really. There's no vision, no revelation. There is no devotion, only duty and striving. And we just go on and on in our bitter and we become bitter against God. Because we given all of this effort and got nothing. It's like the guy who plants the seeds in his garden and then he the next day he says, Well, those are just little seeds. Those those they'll probably won't germinate. There's no point to you. So he goes and digs digs everything back up again. You don't you know, you're just back and forth and there it's all done out of duty and works. There's no anointing, only activity, there's no passion, only programs. And this is where the church is right now she's stuck. She's stalled out, stalled out in this pit of religion. And you know what? Our time is short. If you're going to, you've got to buck up and get out of this by the grace of God. You've got to confess that you've been trying to do this, though you didn't recognize it maybe until now, in, in your own strength. You've got to surrender to God, get converted and say, God, I can't do this. You, did, you already did it. So the problem of me trying to do what you already did is kind of stupid. And that I'm just here now. Let's go do this thing. What do you want to do today, Jesus? How do you want to live this day? Who do you want to pray for? What kind of joy, peace? What do you want to do? I'm here. I'm in. I'm all in. No more religion. No more having to do this and that. Just Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, lead me. Well, Romans 8, 1 through 4, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God, okay, Amen. what we could never do, well, really what we're saying there, God did. How, what did he do? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. The righteous requirement of the law is basically love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We cannot do that in our own strength. We cannot do that by religious rules. We can do it in Zephaniah. It says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. So, So, Father God, we just thank you for your spirit, for the revelation, the vision, the understanding, the comprehension of what we've talked about today, Father God, that we will repent we right now do repent. We ask you to forgive us for rejecting your forgiveness, your love, your remedy, the blood, the, salva- the uh, salvation, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ as full, complete atonement for our sin. Forgive us for still believing the lies of Satan and the feelings of guilt and condemnation and the drivenness for still living under the, the fruit of sin, which is uh, death and destruction. Forgive us, Lord, for believing these lies. We ask today that you would truly turn your people you said that your people would be willing in the day of your power. It is time. There's no more middle ground, Lord God. It's either get in or get out. And so, Father God, I pray that you cause your people who've been stuck in this middle ground of guilt, shame, and condemnation to step up and to believe and receive the love. The, release your love and forgiveness, the revelation of your truth to us, Father God, now. Through Jesus Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you for joining us. This is Life Recovery and True Light Church. You can find us on the web at liferecovery.com. And truelightchurchmn.org. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.